Hello everyone and welcome to the Pixel Bytes podcast, a podcast which is part of the Pixels for Breakfast content network. Each week we chat about a new or perhaps classic game as we go into our feelings about what we think of the design and certain features and ultimately whether we would recommend it to you at home. I'm Steve Heller, founder of Pixels for Breakfast and a game developer living in Japan. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, the one and only Seamus Mullins, editor-in-chief of IndieDB and ModDB, game dev business person all around living in Adelaide, Australia. How's it going, Seamus? I am good, Stephen. I'm really good. And I'm especially good because I'm really excited for the game we're talking about for this week. Yes, yes. So this is a game that we both sort of spoke about. I know that it was near and dear to your heart in many different ways. We are talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, complete edition, longest name for a game title ever. <laughs> Seamus, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of the game? I can I can do that for you, Steve, being the big old Scottaholic that I am. So that's the term referred to people who are really into Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It was a movie that came out in 2010 that was based on the graphic novels that came out throughout the noughties. Uh, and it's it's a really cool series. And it got turned into a video game uh, in 2010 by developed and published by Ubisoft. You know, pretty big publisher in the world of gaming that people might have heard of. And it was released only on PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 to coincide with the release of the, the movie. Uh, and it was pretty well rated at the time. Although I don't think it would have been uber popular as the movie itself, although rated highly, pretty highly as well, commercially didn't do super well. But yeah, the game, game was, was a bit of a cult classic until it was actually delisted in December 2014. So a bit about four years after it initially released due to licensing issues. Um, I was doing some research into this because I've heard about this over the years and I don't know, no one's ever really, really clear about what licensing licensing issues these were. I'm presuming it was something to do music or something. I'm not entirely sure, but it got taken down and it never went to any other platforms except PlayStation 3 and 360 until it got an updated re-release this month in 2021 and just released on absolutely everything on Switch, on Google Stadia, on the Amazon thing, on consoles. But we've both been playing it on our Nintendo Switches. It has a soundtrack by the American chiptune band Anamana Gucci. Probably one of the longest running and most well-known chiptune bands over the past decade. I've been a fan of theirs several years. And yeah, it's an interesting title. It's a 2D side-scrolling brawler, very much going for that retro aesthetic. And it had a bit of input from Edgar Wright, who was the director of that film and also series creator brian leo marley who advised on the story and designed several moves and special abilities of of characters and i was also really interested to learn that he was initially approached by telltale games to make a um adventure game of the scott pilgrim universe but o'malley declined because he just didn't think it was going to work and it ended up in the hands of ubisoft to make this 2d side-scrolling brawler what a wild world we would have lived in if there was a Telltale Adventure game of the Scott Pilgrim universe, right? I can't imagine it, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they had have nailed that art style, it would have been pretty awesome. So before we jump into our feelings in the game, I guess we should set up uh, what the story is about for those of you who don't know. And the loose story of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game complete edition follows the line of the, the movie and the, the graphic novels in which uh, Scott Pilgrim falls in love with this very quirky woman named Ramona Flowers, and he has to battle 
her evil ex-boyfriends, of which there are seven, right? Is that right? Yeah, there's several sort of grouped together. There's there's a bunch. There's a whole bunch, and he has to fight them all one at a time to stay with Ramona. Yeah, and it's like this weird sort of world where it's all based in the real world. No one's really a superhero, but they all have these weird powers and stuff. Um, That's never really explained. It's just all oozing with this coolness. And Scott is a bit of a a, a drongo, really. He's like in his (laughs) his early 20s. He's in a band uh, called Sex Bomb, and he's a bit of a slacker. And yeah, it's just a really good, cool vibe. And the whole thing is about Scott sort of growing up through this experience and realizing that there are consequences for his actions. People around him can get hurt from the things that he he does and he acts on. And while the game doesn't necessarily explore that as much, because as you said, Seamus, it's a it's a beat 'em up side scroller. <laughs> it's not a, a huge narrative heavy game. Uh, that is essentially what the story of Scott Pilgrim is about. And uh, this game is brutal. I'm just going to come out there and say it. This game is super hard. Um, coming back to it now, I remember when it came out because I'm an old man. I don't know uh, if you remember, Seamus. I, w- I was going to say, being the old man that you are, I feel like you'd be able to relate to this more so than I, Steve. Yeah, y- yeah. I-, I remember when this uh, <laughs> game came out and I picked it up and it just had this pretty cool sort of art style that just really stands out. It's just this really chunky pixel art, but not quite 18, 16 bit. It's this weird sort of middle ground. Um, that just has, it feels like you're watching chip tunes come to life in a weird kind of way, if you could visualize that. And, you know, the, the characters are quite big and exaggerated with these big heads and it just looks fantastic. It looked fantastic then and it looks fantastic now. But I have to say, I didn't really love the game when it came out because it was just so intensely hard. And I, when we were like, oh, we should check it out because I thought it'd be kind of an interesting fascination. I wasn't expecting to feel as much nostalgia as I did when I started playing this game. Like as soon as I went into that first uh, area, the first world, like the music hit that that opening track from Animataguchi just hits the soul. And it was just amazing. I was so sucked into the game. I actually think I enjoy it way more now than I did back then. Uh, back then, I just definitely thought it was a hard beat 'em up and nothing super special. And I guess I've just hit that right age where this is just bringing back some, some really interesting memories for me around, you know, I am not the biggest Scott Pilgrim fan like you are, but I definitely really did love the the graphic novel and the movie and coming back to it now. I'm just like, yeah, this, this game's pretty good. I'm glad that it finally did get a re-release. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad as well because it was like over half a decade that it just wasn't available and it was just really kind of strange. So it's great that, albeit a little after the 10th anniversary of the movie coming out and when the game originally came out it's it's back and which is which is really great to see and i i feel like i have similar feelings to what you have steve in that when it first came out like i was really excited for it because i love scott pilgrim and big gamer so i wanted to check it out and i didn't get very far because i just found it so brutal uh and and challenging and i guess i haven't played many 2D brawlers throughout my life. Like, I, I like to think I try and play lots of different genres and games, but that's just one that I just haven't spent much time with. And so, yeah, I really I really struggled with it then and didn't get very far. Like, I appreciate the art style, love the soundtrack. That's, I think, when I was first exposed to Anima and Gucci and started to follow them after that. But yeah, I didn't get too far, but I've gone, I think, much further this time playing the re-release of it and probably enjoying it a whole bunch more as well. Like, some of those nostalgia vibes, maybe I'm just appreciating it 
even more and getting into gameplay more. But yeah, it's just hitting me somewhere. Yeah. It really introduces this thing like uh, I grew up and I didn't really play a lot of beat em ups. It wasn't really my genre. It still isn't. But I just always remember Double Dragon and games like that, where it's like, yep, you mash the buttons, you can throw the people around. Uh, the one beat em up I super got into was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. That game is awesome. If we ever did an episode on that, it would just be a high recommend because that game is sick. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they generally don't have much to them. It's like you can jump, you can block, you can pull off a few special moves. Scott Pilgrim kind of tries to fill a bit of that gap or add some complexity there. Uh, you can level up your characters. Uh, which is pretty interesting. So just from playing the game and I don't really know, I, I didn't even notice if there's an XP bar anywhere in the menus, but you just seem to level up at random times after beating uh, your enemies to a pulp and you'll unlock special moves and stuff like that. Like you can dash and hit the uh, punch button and he'll do like a little uppercut or you can double dash and do a kick and he'll start sliding or you can unlock the judo throw and all these sorts of things. And I really did appreciate uh, that on this playthrough, just getting those extra powers, having a bit of progression. And maybe it was came along at a time where, you know, every game now has to have some form of progression, which back then there, did, there wasn't really that. So it was kind of interesting to see it, uh, you know, appear now, I guess at the time, and this is memory, my memory is hazy. At the time, I didn't feel like progression was such an important thing. Uh, but now it just feels so like commonplace that it was like, oh yeah, that was in that game. Uh, despite how old it is. Um, but yeah, that aside though, the one thing that really just grinds my gears about this stuff is that each character levels up individually, right? So you can play as a bunch of different characters in the game from Scott and his friends and uh, Knives Chow is included in the complete edition where that was DLC back in the day. I remember that being a very contentious issue <laughs> during the DLC wars where they charge you extra for everything. Um, but you have to level them up individually. So like if you get to say world three or four as Scott, and then you go to play as Steven Stills, you've got to start back at World 1. And this game is just so, like, intensely hard, as I keep saying, even on just average Joe mode, for someone like me at least, like, that is super frustrating, which means that I just never play as any other character. I always play as Scott. Yeah, I, I have found the grind probably one of the most annoying things about the game. Like, I, I appreciate, as you, as you were mentioning, that they have the RPG elements of leveling up and having XP, which you can get from buying items or defeating all the enemies and, and bosses, so it's something a bit unique, but I'm just not a huge one for grind. I don't know many people who are nowadays, generally, because it just feels like filler to make a game longer. JRPG uh, fans, they love yeah, the Yeah, JRPG fans, <laughs> but do they even really? Like, it's just, man, <laughs> they, they're there for the story, I would I would hope. Um, and yeah, that is that's is probably one of the more frustrating elements, um, but I guess an important part of this is that um, like many 2D brawlers, is that you can play it with other people locally, uh, up to four people. Originally, it didn't have multiplayer. This re-release does have it. We did try it together. Unfortunately, we weren't able to make it happen between our connection from Japan to Australia, but hopefully it works more consistently if you're in a similar, similar region. Um, but it is the type of game that is designed to be played with friends, so you can take on different characters, and so... I, I guess in an ideal situation, you're playing at home with family and friends and you each choose your own character and level them up as you go so you wouldn't be jumping between them as much and having to restart the whole whole game. So I can see how that works. Playing it by yourself, it, it doesn't feel as satisfying and having to replay it all. Because, yeah, like you said as well, there's multiple difficulties, but even on the easiest one, it is really challenging. And some of the, the enemies can be just friggin' annoying. Like I just hate some of them 
so so much and just not that fun to fight against. But when you when you do get on a good roll and you start to learn the different moves and you get to co- start comboing them, it can just feel really fun. It can just feel really satisfying. Yeah, see, I think that the combat is just bad in this game, which sounds weird <laughs> considering I've been quite positive uh, on it. Um, it's just the movement in this game, and I remember it feeling this way then, and it feels doubly so now because, you know, it's been 10 years of games coming out since. It just moves so slow and so awkwardly. And it does. Getting him to move at a pace that makes sense, you have to dash. Uh, and then just the momentum just never feels right. And the the block button, like it has a block button, but it, you never seem to be in the right position to actually use it correctly. Uh, you either have to stop the flow of the fight because you know you're about to get hit to block. There's no sort of way that you can parry. There's no way you can move out of the way because he's so slow. And as you said, some enemies are just really, really powerful and just trounce you. And because he's so slow, you can't really evade that. And that is super frustrating. And I found that definitely the further you get into the game, but in particular, the the second world, the movie set where there's the stunt crews that are on fire that explode. And, and then it has these like homages, I guess, to Street Fighter where you have to like break a car and break this nuclear reactor thing. And those are just like button mash fests and it's throwing enemies at you. And it just doesn't feel good. It just really feels almost impossible and while i can appreciate that it's okay to be bad at games and and i haven't played like as i said this is not my number one genre like i'm not that bad at games and it just feels so impossible and just really frustrating and as i said even more so now because there have been so many more advancements in, in uh game design i guess i can i can feel all those frustrations as well like the movement system does annoy the crap out of me just like jumping up and down uh like it's just, I often just don't get quite where I need to be. And especially against some bosses, it can be really um, annoying. But that's the thing. When it does work, like there's some really cool moments. And I like the attention to detail in the world, in the environments, in the characters you fight. And how they sort of jazz it up a bit as well. Like when you go fight one of the evil exes on the movie set, like in the movie, it's, you know, it's fairly straightforward for the most part. It's one of the shorter exes fights. Um, but in the game, like they really stretch it out and they add uh, all these other elements, which I enjoyed. Like, yes, yeah, some elements are frustrating because of the combat, because of the movement and some enemies are just like really punishing and just feel unfair. But I appreciate how much they try to mix it up and just, add fun kind of vibes because that's just like kind of what the series is about like having cool fights and weird locations and using powers from time to time and fighting with your friends so it definitely has its moments but yeah there's definitely a lot of elements that hold it back as well yeah it's definitely pretty interesting to me the fact that you know O'Malley when he was making the the graphic novel like there are a lot of references to video games throughout that graphic novel uh, you know, Scott Pilgrim and his friends are often mentioning Legend of Zelda, for instance. There's definitely a lot of game paraphernalia around the edges of scenes in that, and that carries over to the movie as well. And the movie looked like a video game. Like, that was the big thing. It was shot in this really crazy way that felt like some sort of weird live-action video game. It makes a lot of sense to me that O'Malley was involved in terms of coming up with uh, special, you know, um, attacks and those sorts of things. Like, it, it feels like he is a person that cares about video games and a lot of it influenced the culture that he was trying to make in this. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, this game is all about good vibes. Like despite my problems with it and how hard it is, like you can't help but smile. That music is just pumping. It's so colorful and so inviting. 
even when you're dying over and over again and you want to throw your switch against the wall, but you just don't do it because it's Scott Pilgrim and you're having a good time. Yeah, the music especially, just I, I love. Like, it just really amps up every stage and just puts me puts me in a good, a good mood. And, yeah, although, dis- despite those frustrations, like, I... And, and getting to the end of a stage and just losing to a boss, I'm like, oh, I have to replay that whole stage again to get that boss again. It's like, I, I've got that itch to just keep going and, and to keep going back because it's like, it is sort of a bit of nostalgia for me because I read the graphic novels and watched a movie like a decade ago. And so reliving those events in a, in a different light, in an actual video game, it, it is a lot of fun. And so I... I think it's something I'm going to keep going back to. It's probably going to take me a bit to get through the whole campaign, even on the easiest mode, but it, it's, got to, it's got its claws in me. So I guess that brings us to the end of the episode. Seamus, what is your word? Would you recommend Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the complete edition? This is, this is a tougher one, and I come from a biased point of view where I really love the Scott Pilgrim vibe, the graphic novels. Like, If anything, go read the graphic novels first. And you'll hopefully really dig them and then go watch the movie. And that's just a good old time. And then if you still, you just want more then like, this is a good place to, to jump onto and, and, and keep going. Is there other 2D brawlers that have come out recently that are better? I'm, I'm sure of it. But if you're a Scott Pilgrim fan, I'm sure you get a good kick out of it. So basically, uh, engage with the series every other way you possibly can before <laughs> the game is your recommendation. Sort of. Hey, the other stuff, the graphic novels are really good and the movie's pretty darn good too. And, you know, yeah. yeah I get you, I get you. <laughs> I think I would not recommend this game as much as it hurts me to say because my enjoyment of it is definitely coming from an unexpected sense of nostalgia. I didn't realize how much I kind of had a spot for this game. Uh, I think it was just a bit of stuff that was happening in my personal life when this game came along that, you know, is is definitely coming back. I'm like, oh, I remember those times. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like go play uh, River City Girls. Go go play any of the other, you know, brawler games that have come out in the last two or three years. I think they're much better games. If you did play Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game back in the day and you want to taste it again, I think this is a fantastic way to do it, especially on the Switch because it's portable and you can take it around. Uh, and the online online multiplayer, uh, when it does work for people who aren't trying to play cross-region, I think that, as you said earlier, will really sort of boost your enjoyment with the game. But it's it's pretty hard to recommend. Like, there's just too much with it that's just not fun that unless you're a like, big fan or you've got nostalgia, I don't think you're going to be willing to push through uh, or at least just wait for it to go on sale. That too. That too. There are sales almost all the time now, which is, which is nice. Yeah. That brings us to the end of the show, Stephen. Uh, another one, another one in the books. Uh, after our first review uh, last week of the last campfire, you can check that out on all your podcast platforms, as you have with with this one. And we hope you'll stick around for more reviews in in the coming weeks. Absolutely. And while you're sticking around, make sure you go check out youtube.com forward slash pixels of breakfast. I drop reviews there usually every week plus some news wrap-ups and uh, live stream archives. I also stream over on twitch.tv forward slash pixels of breakfast three days a week. It's usually a pretty good time. We're playing a lot of Hitman 3 at the moment, and we're going to be checking out that new Dead Cells DLC that's dropping this week, Fatal Falls. Very excited for that. Seamus, this was a pleasure as it always is. Great, great fun. Great to revisit Scott Pilgrim game, but excited for the next games we have coming up. Yes, absolutely. And as always, everyone, don't forget to pixelate your breakfast.